Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Thank you for jo- downloading and joining us for our little podcast from Italy. My name is Jason. Ciao, and I'm Ashley. And uh, we are here in the beautiful region of La Marche. Our little podcast from Italy may be inconsistent at best, but we share stories of our life and recipes and festivals and things going on here in the beautiful region of La Marche. Yes, and it has been quite a while. I think it was last April, the last time we did the podcast, but we have a good excuse. We were busy with a house house full of people, so here we are. We're back at it again after um, eight months. Eight a little months summer break. hiatus, if you will. Yes. Uh, it Today is the 26th of October. It is pretty warm out this morning, actually. A little overcast, and they're expecting rain through the weekend. Uh, it's been unseasonably warm here in uh, this, this uh, early autumn. Well, it's late autumn now. Well, actually, we had... A hot summer, too. It was unseasonably warm. It was one of the hottest summers in 200 years. Well, it's always... That's what they always say. <laughs> dry, 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 dry and dry and hot the whole summer long. The chickens refused to lay eggs for a while. The, the uh, garden, which usually loves the hot weather, did not like it to be in the... Uh, uh, in the 30s or in the 90s every day for literally two months. But the tomatoes loved it. Uh, no? Not so much. Even they had a little, it was a little too hot for them. It was a little too hot for everyone. <laughs> but we're back. Autumn's here and um, we're almost done with the season. Thank God. Uh, not to sound like, um, what's the word? Like a jerk, but I'm ready for the season to be over. I'm ready for people, as much as I love all our guests, I'm ready to have our house to ourselves, so I really don't have to uh, put on, well, I don't really dress in nice clothing anyway, but maybe wear clothing at all. <laughs> or maybe if I can pee outside if I have to. You know, it's the countryside. Plus, it's the season for ingrassare, to get fat. So we start eating a ton and packing all the pounds. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Uh, 26th of October, the last weekend of the uh, mushroom festivals going on in our in our area. Uh, it all starts off in the beginning of October in where? Apecchio. It does start in Apecchio. Well, for the truffles. Yeah. Starts off in, in Apecchio, uh, first week in October, and it goes to Sant'Angelo, uh, Aquilania. Uh, it will, the truffle festivals will continue into Aquilania, or in Aquilania <coughs> into November. For their big international white truffle festival. But last weekend, we went to the Moro Raduno and the uh, white truffle festival in Sant'Angelo and Vado. And it was a blast. It's so much fun because this festival is like the Italian Sturges, is what I like to say. And it is when motorbikes, motorcyclists, bikes from all over Italy and Europe and the States come. And they line the streets in this tiny little town. And you see everything from Moto Guzzi's. This year there was a huge Harley representation versus years past. But you arrive and you get a cool little mug and you can fill up at all the cantinas for free with wine. And everyone's out on the street singing and dancing. And it's just, it's a really fun night. And during that whole time there's the Truffle Festival. So you can go and have samples of 
uh, truffle products and smell and taste them, and all the menus are filled with shaved truffles on top. It's really a blast. This year's truffles are um, actually expensive in compared to years uh, gone by because they uh, the weather this August when we needed rain was very dry. So the truffles this year are small, uh, the white truffles, and hard to find. Now, be careful because when you go to these truffle festivals, the tr- uh, there must be a certificate of authenticity with the truffles. And you'll see it. It'll be right next to their little display. And what they do is if they find truffles, let's say, in Sant'Angelo and Vado, they take it to the comune and the comune certifies that those are truffles from our area. Because a lot of times... Uh, vendors will bring truffles from Croatia, Slovenia, um, other places where they're cheaper to find and pass them off as Italian truffles. So if you are going to pay two to 3,000 euros a kilo, that's right, folks, um, make sure you're buying the real deal. So, so many people ask Jason, how do you cook with truffles? How do you cook with truffles? Or we'll get emails that they want to take a truffle cooking class. What would you say to those people curious on how do you cook truffles? Well, first of all, you don't cook truffles. Truffles never want to hit the heat of a pan. You shave truffles over things. So, yeah, like Ashley said, people, I want to take a truffle cooking class. Well, first of all, I need 100 grams of truffles per person to do a truffle cooking class, which will cost between 200 and 350 euros, depending on, you know, what's going on. Uh, Secondly... There's no cooking of truffles. I'll sh- let's grill a steak. Shave truffle over it. Let's make a frittata. Shave truffle over it. Let's toast some bread and uh, make a crostini and shave truffle over it. Make pasta and just shave the truffle over. So there's really no cooking to go along with truffles. Um, it's really just something that you add over the top of whatever you do afterwards to get the aroma. And the heat from the dish will kind of get the truffles going. But just like olive oil or just like many, many other things, as soon as it hits the heat of the pan, all the taste is gone. So if someone was lucky enough to find a truffle in the States, how do you make the tagliatelle with contartuffe? <coughs> with tru- tagliatelle pasta with truffles? Because that's one of the most famous dishes, I would say. Tagliatelle with tr- truffle. Very, very easy. Here we go. In a in a frying pan, take a couple of glugs of olive oil and a clove of garlic. Um... Brown the garlic on low heat, remove and discard. Throw in a sleeve of sage um, and throw that in. Then cook your pasta. Dump your pasta directly into the pan with the garlic, uh, I'm sorry, with the sage and the olive oil. Next goes, um, uh, 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 next goes a, um, what else do I put in there? Oh yeah, um, bro, no, next goes a little beef stock, followed by... Just a, a couple spoonfuls. Just a couple spoonfuls, followed by one egg yolk. You toss those together with the pan heat off so the egg doesn't curdle. And then a little bit of the pasta water to get the consistency right. Crack a salt, uh, crack a pepper, and that's all she wrote. It's basically you're making the base of a carbonara. That's really how you make a carbonara, except you would take... For carbonara, you would take the pancetta and get uh, render the fat out and then toss the pasta and then crack the egg in it and put the cheese. Here, oh yeah, cheese at the end, of course. Here we do all of that, except we use olive oil instead of pancetta because it's a much lighter dish. But that's it. That is 
spaghetti or tagliatelle with truffles, and it takes about three minutes to make the whole dish. The sage leaf in it is really nice, actually, too. Yeah, you wouldn't think that sage would go in there because it's such a strong flavor, but if you put one leaf of sage, it gives this... Rounded. Rounded out, like, a foresty flavor. Mm-hmm. Remember, if it if it grows together, it goes together. And anything you find in the forest will go together. Juniper always goes great with a venison leg because juniper and the deer live right next to each other. So keep that in mind. Also for the garden, um, broccoli will always go with carrots because they come up at the same time. Whereas... Um, artichokes are not going to go with sweet potatoes. Two totally different seasons. Artichokes being spring, uh, sweet potatoes being fall, and um, uh, they just don't—they just don't go together. But keep that in mind when you're walking through the grocery store. If it grows together, it goes together. It's I like very that. Easy. I like that. All right. So what else is going on? Um, the chicken. Let's see. The garden. The garden is coming to an end. Um, yesterday we took down the tomato steaks and the, um, like those huge bamboo, what would you call them? Steaks, but they're the, poles. The bamboo poles that we tie the tomatoes up oh to. Oh my God. Jason, how many bags? Like three bags of ties we took off. Oh, it was tedious work cutting through each thing. And it just every <sighs> tie I cut made me think, Jason put this on earlier in the spring and how much work that was to take it all down and start over again. Yep. Uh, we, we closed the pool. We've uh, t- put away all the, uh, the outdoor furniture, you know, the, you know, the tables and the chairs. It's really never before have... I'm from California. You don't prepare for winter. Winters, you know, instead of it being 85 every day, it's now 65 every day. So there's no preparing for winter. But out here, there's definitely preparations for winter, and it takes a while. Well, also, it's because there's talk in town of November could be the snowiest November on record. So it's like, then you get like the chicken little effect, too, that it's like, oh my god, we've got to get extra prepared. Is it going to snow? Do we need chains already? Well, the apocalypse is always on its way, as are the robots. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's been warm so far, but the wood is, we got the wood all stacked up and ready to go. We've got the... uh, all the hoses and tubes put away from the garden. Uh, the chickens do not know it, but they are getting re- they're going to meet their fate probably next week. Oh, the chicken slaughter begins. Um, why do you slaughter your chickens every year, Ashley? Do you want the uh, farm answer or the truthful answer? Truthful answer. I like things that we can kill so we can go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> We don't kill our cats, but chickens, that's why I would love to get pigs, because if we slaughter them in the fall, it means we can go uh, somewhere on holiday in the winter, but also, I really think, in all honesty, that in the winter here, it does get cold. We don't have a heat lamp down in the chicken coop or anything, and when it freezes, we have to change the water twice a day, and the snow, like, to shovel out a path of snow for the chickens, when you can barely shovel a path from our door to the kitchen door is ridiculous. So I think it's it's a nice kind of a cleansing and shutting down of everything. And we kill the chickens so we have food to eat over the winter. Then we can make broths and roasts and things like that. Well, we have 18 hens and two roosters, so it will be 
a lot of work one day. It is. Next week. It is. But it'll be good. We can give some as gifts to Gaji and Carolyn and things like that, too. Absolutely. Uh, we made the first sausages of the season. Uh, we made I made, we made about six kilos or 13 pounds or so with the Godster the other day. And uh, he brought most of those up to the Kapana for hunting season. Hunting season is open and in full force. Not as many shots every morning as... As uh, there were in years past, we've had a lot of fog, a lot of foggy mornings, so I think that hampers the hunters a little bit, uh, which is why Gaji made a bunch of sausages, because when they don't shoot any of the passing birds, they eat delicious, huge breakfasts. It's like they're waiting out the fog, so they're going to eat eat <laughs> while they wait. So his breakfast, I'm sure at 7 o'clock in the morning, now mind you, Italians take a coffee and maybe a brioche or, or a piece of pastry, and that's it. Uh, their breakfast the other morning was sausages, barlotti beans, pecorino cheese. Uh, didn't they bring something else? Something else, but we're talking, he said they had like a, how much would be in a can of beans? I, I don't know. They had more food than six, <laughs> six guys yeah, should eat. It was, the, the ratios were extreme, and it sounded like, yeah, they, they really enjoy strapping on the feed bag if that fog's sitting there. Yeah, after a, a, a breakfast of that, and probably washed down with lots of red wine and uh, some garappa after, it's nap time for me. And do you think they're eating at like eight or earlier, or what time do you Well, think you that? know, they get up there at like quarter to six. I so. know. We hear Gaji honk as he drives by. He does. Every morning he drives <laughs> by and freaking lays on the horn. Ah! He doesn't lay on the horn, but he gives a solid couple of two two beeps. He doesn't want us to miss it, that's for he sure. He wants <laughs> us to know exactly what time, oops, excuse me, exactly what time he's driving by. But it was fun pulling out the old meat machine and feeling like, all right, it's sausage making season again. Now that it's colder and we can do small batches and Soon January will be here and we'll be making them to cure. <coughs> but it's fun. I do. It's cool. Gaji still gives you a hard time every single time that you make them. Oh, you don't have the touch. Or you, you can't do this without me. He just <laughs> loves to bust chops. Um, now that the season's coming to an end, uh, some projects we're going to have around the house this year is, um, let's see, the entire inside of the house needs to be painted. That will be wonderful to do. Um, what else? What are your projects? I'm writing a book, so that's going to be one hell of a project. But, God, are we going to do the shutters? I hope not. I hope not either. The shutters need to be stripped and restained on all the windows and doors, which is a horrible, horrible job. Horrible. Like, you have to get a tool that goes in between every little slat, slat, and that is painful. Oh, my God. Plus, just... Taking them all off and stacking them up. Oh, God. Doing winter projects. Jason yesterday was a chimney sweep and was up on our roof of our little place. So, again, living in California, <laughs> you don't use your fireplace but twice a year. So here we Just use for, it. Uh, show. Yeah, we use it every single day in the, in the winter, in the colder months. So I learned that you must get your chimney swept so the creosote. Something. Again, we don't re- Let's call it resin. The resin doesn't build up in the ch- in the f- chimney and then catch your house on fire because it you know, spark. It's very very flammable. So we call the chimney sweep guy and we tell him, yes, we have two two or three. We need you to come and come and clean. Mind you, there's one guy in the whole valley. And you called him in August. I called him in August. He said, yes, yes. Uh, the the next date I have opened is December. 
Ouch. So, yes, Jason had to become a chimney sweep. And these are things, like he said, growing up on the West Coast or California, you're not, like, in warm weather thinking about sweeping a chimney or that you should be doing it every year. So, finally, he gets on the roof and... Gets on the roof with uh, six meters of pole and this big brush at the end of it. Oh, and climbing a ladder that's so dangerous and a tetanus shot waiting to happen. (laughs) Uh, It's not hard. It's not hard to, you know, it's just, like, like, it's a big pipe cleaner is what it is, but... Scooping all the crap out that falls at the bottom is messy and dirty, and that black stuff, it's like, you do look like it's like it's Mary Poppins. It's really <laughs> hysterical, and uh, it gets everywhere. So, we're, my little bit of advice would be, hire someone to do this work who does it every day, because it is not fun. Or clean. Or clean. I had know. to repaint the wall. <laughs> Ashley had to repaint the wall because that black stuff got on the wall, and that's it. Do not take a sponge to the black stuff that comes out of the chimney because it just makes, like, the deepest, blackest mud you've ever seen. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, a couple of th- – uh, let's see. What did we do this um, – oh, we went to um, this uh, – September, we went for the first time to Ireland. We went and saw the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish play the uh, Navy, the Goats. Yep, that was great. We took a little um, closed-up shop. Yeah, took two days to take a little break for an experience that was absolutely incredible. <laughs> we hadn't seen live, especially college, football in at least five years since we had moved. So the opportunity to go see American football... In Europe was just priceless. It was so much fun. I think there was five thousand Americans that flew into Ireland for that game. Five thousand, huh? That's oh, it? fifty thousand. Sorry. Go. Go. <laughs> uh, my wife, while very talented in many, many, many areas, weights and measures not her strong suit. Or population. Or pot. Or, or numbers. The numbers. No, no. no. Five thousand, fifty thousand. You know, a stadium full. Well, what does what a banana cost? Ten dollars. <laughs> Uh, so that was great. I highly recommend uh, Ireland, uh, double or uh, anywhere in Ireland. The people were great. The uh, funniest thing was we went to get, uh, you know, restock some food at halftime, and we, of course, there's like uh, Guinness stands everywhere and just massive amounts of beer. But at halftime, we go to get some more hot dogs and popcorn and whatnot. And the Americans had eaten through the stadium because the Irish aren't used to eating four hot dogs a person. Well, not, <laughs> not that everyone ate four. I no, think, we did. I but. think that the Irish eat lunch or dinner. You know, they eat their meal before or after the game, and they drink Guinness during the game. Exactly. And um, I don't think they were ready. As Americans, we like to we like to eat food at the game, which is, which is totally different in culture. So by halftime, there was not a hot dog, popcorn, uh, nothing. If no. you wanted a if you wanted a Guinness, oh, they got that. But God forbid you were diabetic and had low blood sugar, you are screwed. Yes, <laughs> it was funny though. But the stadium was gorgeous. The game wasn't so great. Notre Dame killed him. But um, I highly recommend Dublin. Cheap flights always from New York to Dublin, and uh, go. Irish people are awesome. They're really, it was. they're really really nice. Uh, other than that, we've been we have been at home for the last eight months, just working. The season went well. Um, 
you know, there was a downturn in tourism in general here in Italy this year, so everyone felt the pinch, as well as the austerity, uh, the measures that they've taken here in Europe. Everything has gone up in price by anywhere from 10 to 20% everything. Uh, gas is expensive. Uh, electricity got really expensive. The contributions for um, our pension and our taxes, uh, they raised the the uh, sales tax or value-added tax to, uh, to 21%. It just seems like 2012, it got a lot more expensive to live in Italy this year. People are much more uh, handing out receipts and yes, things like yes. that, you might notice. Oh, oh, don't forget your receipt. Don't forget your receipt. And we're like, we're in Pubico. Who the, why do we need a receipt from the Fuchsia <laughs> And sure enough, she's like, just take it. But, oh. but uh, again, looking forward to closing up shop here. Looking forward to having our house back. Um I was going to say that the fall was great because we've had, like you mentioned, this warm fall, but because we've had such foggy mornings, it has made spectacular mushroom season for, I mean, we went and would collect basketfuls in about an hour, half an hour with Gaji and the guests mushroom hunting. It was great. How many times we brought back porcini and the, um, the bieta, the bieta, exactly. And the, what are the ones that are the, um, Chanterelle? Chanterelle, or we call them Jalini. The difference between between regular wild mushrooms and truffles is truffles need uh, water in rain in August to make the truffles for October, November. Whereas the wild mushrooms, the porcini, the the bieta, all those, they'll they'll start popping up uh, ten days to two weeks after a good rain with with heat after with, they need that kind of cycle. They need the warm weather. So we had a really really wet um, September. And that made for great mushrooms here in October, and they'll be into November. But the truffles are small this year. And, and but the mushroom hunting also means waking up to ha- finding people traipsing through your yard. As literally as we've been recording this podcast, a mushroom hunter walked by our back door. We saw him pass with his dog, and he looked, and you might have even heard him say, Lila, Fanny Queen. But... It, so you also know, okay, you can go out into. The, they're a good, great indicator because these diehards really follow that cycle for the mushroom. And if you start to see a few of those guys, you know it's time to grab your basket and your boots and head into the woods. But it was really fulfilling to find so many this year, and even the ones that were bad were just abundant. So it was fun to go back into the woods and see just the floor alive with this. It made it great for when we took uh, Mm -hmm. guests into the back. I mean, just to see there's mushrooms everywhere. Not all of them good. Most of them will kill you. No, and Gaji likes to point that out to people. And he's a doctor. It's all right. I'm a doctor. I'm certified. But he'll have, he'll either test it or he'll have a guest put a tiny piece of one on their tongue and say, see, pizzicante. Like it, uh, not pizzicante. (laughs) Sorry. Pica la lingua. Sorry. Uh, What was I? What was I? But it'll say, oh, it's like tickling your tongue or, um, so this is what you would look for if you were, this is a bad sign of a mushroom not to eat. One thing we have to admit that this year, um, our Italian has, our Italian has gone downhill. Embarrassing. Um, just for the, for the simple fact that, well, we speak much, much more English during the season with our guests. I get to go almost every day into do shopping, so I get to speak Italian much more than Ashley does. But, woo, your Italian is 
Horrid. I know. I've been home all summer long. I'll be here doing breakfast and doing everything with the guests, so I don't get a chance to leave much. And it is. by I can just feel I've gone backwards. So this winter, that's a whole project again. Restudy I, books. I would study with you, but I think I'm on another level. So oh, snap. Maybe, maybe once you have, <laughs> once you study a little bit and you come back up, maybe we can do together studying. But... I don't know. I, I wow. Don't, wow. I don't really need review. Wow. I don't need review. Wow. For we are competitive. Pizzicante. Pizzicante. I don't know what did I say? I don't know. That was like a, that was like a cross between like caliente <laughs> and, and, and uh, I don't know. That was a, that was Ashley's word right there. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So we're taking, uh, this is a little slice of life, little interesting tidbit. We're taking care of our neighbor's dog, Sum. He's a gorgeous Rhodesian Ridgeback. And uh, we usually take him every autumn uh, for at least a couple of weeks while our friends Carolyn and Luke uh, go out of town or go on, on holiday. And um, the f- first day we had him the other day, I don't know what happened. He either stepped in something or uh, like walked through, like got his foot caught, his back right leg caught in a fence and kind of scraped it up. Anyway, long story short, we had to take him to the vet. And I was on the phone with my brother the other day talking about this and uh, the difference in prices for the vet. Now, we took Zoom uh, to the vet. We did a whole the whole uh, visit. Work up. Work up. The doctor gave him some shots. He gave him two uh, prescriptions, one for an anti-inflammatory and one for a, um antibiotic because we don't want to get the infection. To- Since he's a huge dog... It's not just a pill a day. It's no, it's a handful. <laughs> Try shoving a handful of pills down an 85-pound dog's mouth who doesn't want to take them. But that's besides the point. But grand total price for all of this uh, veterinarian work, 35 euro. Now, I, I was on the phone with my brother the other day. Now, his dog got parvo, which is some really serious disease that dogs that you adopt from the um, shelter can get. He spent four grand taking care of his dog in a week. Here, I what I got, he said, I don't know. You can you can email us and tell us what you think it would be. But he said it would be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And it's just one of those interesting things what the Italians would never pay that much money. To, there's no Italian I don't know of that would get um, cancer treatment for their dog. No. Or have their dog go to ICU or any of that stuff. It's just a different mentality with dogs. And we were talking about that the other day that as much as we love our cats and our animals, they're animals and they're not, it's changed the way I look at them that there's no way I would put uh, my, well, Sum's different. I love Sum. (laughs) (laughs) He's special. (laughs) But, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. But, wow, what a difference in mentality. Is it, is it just the healthcare system spilling over from people to dogs that makes it cost that much? Yeah, or? exactly. Because obviously the cost of the pills or the service, why is the same procedure here valued so much less than it would be in the States? But I couldn't believe that. I was ready. I was ready for them. I, I had the credit card ready. Like, oh man, I only have like a hundred euro on me. And he does the whole thing, types it all. He's like, hmm, uh... 
35. I pro- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had to give him more, more, you know, a higher dose of the uh, antibiotic than we normally do. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Here you go. Take the 35 euro. Well, we have our little cat family and we've taken them to the vet before and taken two or three in at a time with something. And they'll say, I'll say, okay, so what's the total? And they'll just kind of look at me and go, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and you think, all right, I guess we should make you some a crustata or something for the vets. Maybe that's a nice thing to do. But it's pretty incredible. But um, Zoom's good. His foot looks much better. He's healing nicely today. We'll go back to doing his hour and a half walk in the morning. And, uh, yeah, just an interesting little uh, Italian fun fact. So, Ashley, what is going on? What are you doing the rest of this day? It oh! Is, now that it's 8.15 in the well, morning. Well, actually, I'm really excited because tonight we were invited to a dinner to get to know you in Piobico at a um, bread that, bake. That makes no sense. Get to, What do you mean, get to know you? Get to know the community. Oh, get to know each other. Like a get to know you dinner. Um, what would you call that? Like a meet and greet yes. kind of thing at a place called Slow Food Canada or Slow Canada. I have no idea, actually. I've seen their sign in Piobico pointing towards the top of Monte Nerone, and I just keep hearing from different people that they bake incredible bread. So that's all I needed to hear, and I said, yes, we will be there at dinner, but it'll be nice to get to meet this new Agriturismo, and I'm curious if they're from Canada or what that relationship is, but that will be fun and um dinner at 8 30 so gosh now that it's starting to get dark early we're in bed by 8 30 now <laughs> well not yet but not almost. yet but it'll be like oh god to leave at 7 30 you know eight o'clock this is going to be difficult to get jason out of the house at that time but uh and then gosh i don't know what else is going on uh we have to finish cleaning up hopefully the laundry service will come and pick up their 10 sacks of laundry that they haven't picked up. I told them the other day, we gave a laund- the first few years we would launder all the sheets and towels and everything for all the guests. But the problem with that is we don't have a dryer, so you hang them up. And even if one tiny little bug comes while it's drying and sticks on there and makes a mark, that's it. You have to throw it back in the washer. Uh, so last year we got smart and got a service who you rent the you rent you know you rent the um, sheets linens. and towels the linens thank you all I can think of was linen you rent the sheets and towels and uh, they come and pick it up just like a normal you know they have them all over the world but anyway um, this particular laundry service we have doesn't like to pick up the dirty stuff. Um, so we have ten giant bags of laundry here that I don't. I don't have room to like, <laughs> like, how, like, like, keep this stuff. So finally, well, this is the third call we've made in three weeks. That hey, when are you coming to picking up your stuff? And they, they said today. They said today, and I told them if it's not here today, I'm leaving it outside, and it's supposed to rain all weekend. So it's up to you, buddy. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. But my God, you'd think they they would want this, but this is a good amount of dirty. Linen. That place is huge. They must not even notice. Awesome. So, <laughs> awesome. Whatever. Um, so there's that. Um, what else is going on? What else is going on? Um, oh, you said you picked, when we were in the garden, you said that there was a gorgeous pumpkin. Are you going to make some pumpkin pie or something, possibly? I don't... <laughs> Ashley's been bugging me to make a pumpkin pie for the last couple of days. Yes, but he doesn't want to because to make the crust... What do you, what's the secret ingredient? Pork fat, lard. 
We don't have Crisco here. You make your pie crust with lard, and it's awesome. The only problem it's is... flaky deliciousness. We can't, we can't serve this to guests because it is definitely not Italian, So, which means that there will be one pumpkin pie sitting around that... The fork will just stay in the pie tin. I like to keep a fork or knife in a pie tin. You just kind of clean up the edges as you walk by. Take a little sliver. Oh, it's so good. But, oh, we'll have to wait till we've got family in town. Yeah, we have Ashley's brother, Jerome, coming into town uh, the beginning of November. So that will be a good... He's he's 20 and he, he can eat whatever he wants. So... That'd be a good time. We'll make a pumpkin pie. We'll make all that crap and let him eat it. I don't need to. I'm fat enough. I don't need to. I don't need to uh, jumpstart the fluffing period of winter by throwing down half a pumpkin pie. Well, and speaking of the garden, one more thing. What do we have to do before it freezes? Because I know that right as it freezes, there's a bunch of, like, the last, some stuff is hardy and survives, and those are the winter cabbages and broccolis. But we put down the poles, but... Don't we have to bring the peppers? Or is there anything else? Um, we'll pick all the peppers. We'll go through and see if there's any tomatoes worth salvaging. The tomatoes, it's been too cold at night, so they're like mealy. If you ever yeah. get like those mealy tomatoes. It's gross. As- um, what else? There's The cucumbers are done. All the summer stuff is really done. It's all it's the winter stuff that'll... Oh, what about the beans? The Barlotti did not... They make the pods, the, the late Barlotti I planted, but they did not make beans inside the pods. Oh, because I was going to say, they looked so good down there. They do look good, <laughs> but there, there's nothing inside it's the pods. It's all pod. for show. It's all show. Uh, the only thing we would have to do is the cabbages, or the uh, cauliflower and the broccoli. If it does freeze, I'll throw a little floating road cover over the top so the the cab- so the so uh, broccoli and cabbage, or cauliflower doesn't freeze. The... Cabbages like a little frost, so they'll be fine. But um, at this time every year, I'm kind of done with the garden, man. It's been six, seven months of every day, and I'm I'm ready to put the garden away. I'm ready for the tractor to come by and plow everything under and let it s- sit for the winter. Um, yeah, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to close. I'm ready to close up some toilets and Woo! drain some pipes and <laughs> shut some gas off and throw sh- towel- sheets over over uh, furniture. Oh, and we have to remember to make sure that the antifreeze or whatever it is goes into the pipes this year because didn't you find the ju- like the huge container yes, next yes. to? <laughs> There's a long list of crap to do before we clean up. As I'm sure all the people, all the people listening, all the people. All four of you listening from <laughs> cold weather climates, you know what I'm talking about. They're like, listen to this puss who complains about shutting stuff up for the winter. I but, know. I know. It's not like we're from Calgary or anything. Uh, no. Then I'd be tough. I'd know how to deal with the winter. But we've gotten much better now. We've gotten much better in, in our... we're not burning wet wood anymore. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, on that, should we get working for the day? It is. It's time to get going. Thank you so much for listening, and um, no guarantees that we will do this any more frequently than the once every eight months we've done it before, but hey, you never know. You never know. we'll surprise yourself. If you enjoy what you've heard, uh, please tell a friend, like us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and that makes us move up so more people can uh, find us out. If you're looking to find us on Twitter, Facebook... Or our website, give out all the... Bring it home, Ash. Bring it home, baby. All right. Well, on Facebook, for sure, because we post different um, recipes and photos almost daily. And Twitter as well, and our blog and website. And it's all La Tavola Marche. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. La Tavola Marche. 
All right. Have a great day. Buona giornata. From beautiful Piobico, Italy, where it's overcast and going to be cold and rainy. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, send them in. We always need stuff to talk about and you guys always have great, um, great feedback. So please let us know. All right. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.